Palmer Alexander for the Inner Zone Network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294. 314-343-0294 and a thank you for your business. This is In The Zone. He'll kill. I would have had an interview with Albert Pujols if Brian Stahl didn't piss him off. I mean, I don't get too many opportunities to interview Albert Pujols, but Albert Pujols made it clear he didn't want to talk about home runs. So, he gets asked about home runs. I don't want to talk about no home run, man. You got a hearing problem, man. I don't know talk about no home run. Just f- that up. Thanks. On the In the Zone Network. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to the In the Zone Network. This is it. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to In The Zone, and this is the network. Palmer Alexander, a.k.a. The Living Legend, K.I.L., One Ella Kill, but Kiss Still Kills. Joining me on our celebrity line, also from Gateway City Sports, is my man Gene Bonds. You know him as Crash. We're talking some St. Louis Cardinal baseball. Long overdue uh, having my man Gene on the show. Uh, also sponsored by Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. Gene Bonds, how you doing today, bro? Hey, Palmer. How's it going today? Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, listen, it's been a long time overdue. And I think one of the critiques on me, and I think it's, I think it's fair uh, that, you know, I don't do enough Cardinal stuff. And, okay, Gene, so you know my position is that I, I kind of, you know, I took a little step back from the organization because I just didn't like how uh, how they was treating me. So I decided, you know what, the Cardinals going to be that one team I'm just going to just straight be a fan of so I don't have that uh, emotional vested interest and then it'll, it'll clog my uh, judgment, you know, as, as a writer or whatnot. So, but I love your takes on the Cardinals and uh, looking forward to your contribution to Gateway City Sports. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals, man. Uh, I think their season, you know, was disappointing last year. I think because of the COVID or whatnot. Uh, Mike Schmidt, uh still not uh, really impressed uh, with him as a manager. What are your thoughts of him starting off? Uh, I th- so far, I think he's a better communicator than the previous manager. Um, it, it's really, for me, it, it's hard to tell. You get that first year, he, he got that first half year under his belt, and he, he got that extra kick, a little uh, extra adrenaline with the new guy, new direction. 
last year, it, it, to me, it's really, really hard to tell with the with all the COVID and they had the long delay. Um, pitchers didn't have their full spring training and they were off when they had the COVID uh, shutdown. So I I think right now it's kind of still a work in progress. I, for me, it's hard to have a paint a, a real big picture of them right now. So we'll just see how it goes. See if you, see if they get a full season this year and just kind of go from there. So you think it's, it's it's a little bit it's fair to judge him? You know, let's give him a well a complete. I guess what is normal now, right? <laughs> give him a normal <laughs> off season, right? Uh, so he can uh, you know put it, put the team together. But I think, and it's just my opinion, um, and I, I always respect your opinion. Uh, I just feel that the the Cardinals front office is, is complicit, and I feel that Slit, I think it, I think his his hands are, are tied to to a degree. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a that's a very good point. Um, example right off the bat would be uh, Matt Carpenter. Obviously, he's not playing because of production, because there really is no production. Um, I think that's he, he could be the poster child for a contract being played. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with your point that an office definitely has a lot of play in the lineup selection, which I don't agree with. Um, it's a shame that money money does play or come into play when it comes to playing time. But I, I think Matt, Matt Carpenter is definitely the, the great example I would give you for how the front office is kind of pushing certain things. And I, I think they wait too long on certain players to come around the corner. And overall, you are 100% correct. They have become really complacent over the past several years. And the, the, here's the thing is that um, my, I guess I'm just disappointed. You know, anybody that follows me know I'm not a fan of Mike Matheny as a manager. I mean, I, listen, I did give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, because he was handed over championship roster. And so I was thinking, uh, leading up to this interview, about what happened as a Cardinal fan. You know, uh, I lived through the Whitey Ball era, Joe Torrey era. And the thing about Joe Torrey era is that the base got so pissed off, the Cardinal fan base, they just stopped showing up. And where management was forced to bring in a Tony La Russa. and when they did that, it changed the the direction of the franchise, the organization, and it's like when you don't hire the right manager, right? It can really, uh, you know, retard the progress of your organization. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I I believe Mike Matheny is a really really good man as far as the manager. I don't really. I, I don't have high a high opinion of that. Yeah. Um, I think he's definitely a, a veteran met manager. He, I, th- I believe, he made a quote a couple times. He's not here to um, help progress the young players, which is really weird that he's in Kansas City now and he's doing exactly that. But uh, to go back to your point of uh, the manager, uh, yeah, I remember that I grew up on Whitey Ball just like you, and I went through the Joe Torre days and when fans got frustrated. That that was right around when the brewery was selling and, and the DeWitt and his, his crew came in yeah. and purchased the team. So they, they came in, they, they want to make a big splash, and they got probably one of the best managers in Cardinal history, Antonio La Russa. And fast forward to today, we, we just touched on the com- complicity of how the, the front office has been. One of the biggest things missing is a manager to push the front office like Tony LaRusso. Yeah, and that was just that was just my uh that was always my thing, you know, and I think 
um, a lot of times too, and, and you know, just some Cardinals fans. Uh, you know, they have the rose-colored tint glasses, and, you know, the glass is three-quarters full. Um, that the success that the Cardinals they had is because you had a manager that they had to respect. You know, remember the way he lobbied, you know, to, to get Matt Holiday. He stumped hard for Matt Holiday. Uh, look at the, the trade that he made when he brought in Larry Walker. He wasn't afraid to, to you know, to roll the dice. The Scott Rowland trade, when, when, he, when, he, when he helped orchestrate that, I mean, we went crazy, you know, because Scott Rowland was, was an MVP candidate, the, you know, the Jimmy Edmonds. So when you see stuff like that, of course we get a little, little spoiled, but, you, you know, you expect a little drop off, right, Gene? But not this much. Oh, you're exactly right. Um, you're not going to win every year. The, the Cardinals want to be competitive every year, which is totally fine. But you're going to have to go in. You're going to have to go uh, in deep waters and go deep, deep fishing. And you're going to have to pick up that, that big free agent. No disrespect to Dexter Fowler, but when they picked him up, he wasn't the big fish. He's the middle type type of player. But he's just he's a piece. And they need big pieces to go along with the little pieces. Their, their roster is stacked with complimentary players right now and they're they're not going they just can't compete with the Dodgers right now they're going to make the playoffs and it seems like that's all the Cardinals want to do is make the playoffs make their few games playoff money and then they're done and I, I think the fans deserve more I don't think yes to, to your point there are fans that are that are spoiled but I think that the ownership is also spoiled by their support the never-ending support and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> that is Gene Bonds. He's joining us on our celebrity line. He is with Gateway City Sports. Uh, we talk us a Cardinal baseball. Back to Dexter Fowler. I'm glad you brought that up. And listen, I remember when, when the Cardinals uh, made that acquisition for Dexter Fowler and the money that they spent for him. And I'm like, huh? And, and here's the thing, right? I, I saw Dexter Fowler as a piece. I didn't see him as the guy to get them over the hump. If you add more to it, yeah. But uh, and it was almost as if they, uh, you know Mazalak was was patting himself on the back like he was the smartest guy in the room. And now the Cardinals are hamstrung with the contract. You know, because even when they do spend, it's like they don't spend smart. Yeah, and also to your point with Dexter Fowler, I think he was brought in, and they placed some expectations on him that were really unfair to him, to be honest. Uh, we go back to Mike Matheny, and there were rumors that the clubhouse was broken. Well, you, you bring one player in, it, 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 it takes more than one player. We, we all love Dexter Fowler's smile. He's got a great attitude. But the bottom line, it comes to production. And, and Dexter, he, like he said, he is just, he's a complimentary piece. He can be a part of the machine that goes, but he's not the part. And I, he, he had a decent first year. The second year is when it all fell apart. That just happened to be when Matheny was finally let go. And it, it's just where we're at right now. The Cardinals are, have, they're just afraid to go deep sea fishing. And for, for fans like me, that, that's a problem because they definitely have the income to be able to go out and go deep sea fishing. But they just won't. And, and I'm glad you said that, too, because you have to – I tell people all the time that the Cardinals, I think the, the word they fail at is that they just have to get more current with the times. They have to realize that uh, nobody outside of the St. Louis market care about Clydesdales. 
and red jackets and the Corvettes and the Cardinal Mystique, the Cardinal Nostalgia. And it's like they keep overselling the nostalgia and nobody's going to come play for uh, a discount, you know, because they love the nostalgia. There are people lining up because they can't wait to beat you. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, uh, I, I think they've kind of lost their way with their reliance on analytics. It's made the team boring, in my opinion. I think there's a place for analytics, but I, I don't think it's the bottom line. <clears throat> you need players. You need a guy who's going to go out there and get you an extra base, steal you a base, get you a hit when needed. It's not. It doesn't have to be all analytics, and that's where the Cardinals are right now. There's just about every team has passed them up, and now they're a middle-tier team. Got uh, Gene Bonds on our celebrity line, sponsored by Cafe Piazza. So, uh, Cardinals have some key free agents, uh, notable names. Um, will live forever in Cardinal folklore. Yadier Molina and Adam Rainwright. Uh, how do you see this uh, playing out? Uh, I, I think I need to be careful with this because th- these are two icons we're talking about. I'll start with Wainwright first. Um, he's your he's your poster child for who you want to want to get out there. You want you want him out front, and he, he's your guy. Um, he's toward the end of the career, his career, obviously, and you want to handle this the right way. And I think the Cardinals have been handling it the right way. Give him go year to year, incentive base, and he's made his money over his career, and he's totally happy with it. I don't think he's looking for anything extra this year. And I do think that he'll be back. So you, if we, if we, if, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. So, so you good if they bring him back on a one-year deal, incentive late? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that it's been successful for both sides. He he was probably our best pitcher last year. One hundred percent. I thought I, I thought he pitched his ass off last year, man. My my only concern was it was it technically it was a sixty-game season. He ended up playing fifty-eight. I don't know if his body will allow him to do 30 starts a year. If they can get 25, I, I consider that very lucky. But if if they do, uh, I think they will. They'll, they'll do a year salary with based on incentives, and I think that it, it'll just be a perfect fit. He'll come back and he'll do what he does. He'll he'll prepare himself the best way he can. He'll be there for his teammates and just be just be the Adam Wainwright that we've grown to love over the years. Is Yadier Molina a little bit more complicated, or is it kind of the same? <laughs> Uh, I I think it's a little bit more complicated. Um, I, out of respect to the Molina family, I don't want to go too far because Benji was on the St. Louis Airwaves this past week saying that he wants to be appreciated more, which I get. Um, appreciated more means give me more money. And I go back to, he just, Yachty just came off a three-year, $60 million deal. He was probably a bit overpaid with that. And considering the COVID and, and the the ownership kind of wanting to get rid of a little bit of salary. I, I think he's overplaying his hand by wanting more money. He, he's an icon. He's been a total badass for us over the years. But in all actuality, it may be time to move on. Do you see a possible successor already in the organization? I know that's kind of a, a, a that's a hot button topic too. You know, that's always talked about, especially in the fan forums. Yeah. There, we, well, that's the thing. Yachty, had, last year, he didn't exactly allow Andrew Kisner to get any kind of playing time. I, I remember a time or two 
Yachty decided to catch both games of a doubleheader, which I didn't exactly agree with. But we, we don't really know, and that's I guess that's the scary part for some fans, that they're, they're holding on to Yachty for, for dear life right now because we don't know. And that goes back to the to the power Yachty has in the organization. It goes back to Mike Schilt. I don't think he really has control of the, the clubhouse. I think that comes from up top, and it comes from Yachty. So Schilt's kind of in a difficult situation with that. You're dealing with the superstar. It's on the on the end of his his career, and he, yeah. he's iconic. He, he, he you think of St. Louis Cardinals right now, you think of Yadi Molina. It's a tough situation, man. But uh, it we we saw it with Pujols back in 2011. It it may be a repeat here in 2020 with Yadi Molina. Uh, speaking of Albert Pujols, do you hold out hope that if the uh, if the National League switches to the DH, that uh, that he can have like one last little farewell with St. Louis? Oh, man, right now, the Cardinals aren't trying to win, so you might as well bring, bring Albert Pujols back and let, <laughs> let, let's let him go out like this. Bring him back one more year, let him let him hit a couple milestones and and get his hugs and kisses and send him on his, on his way before we, we, we get the statue out front. Well, one person that probably won't be giving you a statue anytime soon is Harrison Bader, uh, so he blocked you. <laughs> Uh, can you tell listeners why did he block you, and what is it about you and Harris, um, Mister Lack of Self Awareness? That's that's Harrison Bader. He he's just one of those players who's just great on every single nerve I have. He he has talent. He he does have ability. He but at the end of the day, he just wants to hit dingers and and style in front of the camera. I he he just gets me, man. He really does. Um, I, I do think that they need to address that situation in center field. Harrison Bader cannot hit righties to save his life. And I think a perfect option sitting out there right now is Jack Peterson. If they can get that going, that's that's really good production out of center field. Um, let me actually, I, I want to ask you one more thing, you know, before I let you go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Tyler O'Neill. Uh, you know, when I, I think a couple of seasons ago, when you saw him in, in limited appearances, uh, you know, he hit the 14 home runs, and and you and you and you wonder like, man, if this guy ever cuts down on the strikeouts, and maybe if he can hit about 270, 280, he's a 30 home run guy, you know, because the Cardinals haven't had that type of power uh, in a long time, and to get a young guy with that type of power, uh, but. It still hasn't quite come around yet for Tyler. Uh, tell me, should I give up on Tyler? I don't think it's time to give up completely on him, but I would have him on a very short leash. <laughs> um, obviously, we all we all know he has the power, and he's the gold glover that Harrison Bader is not. <laughs> if you if you want to get down to it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't think it's completely time to let him go yet. But he. Uh, He's still got a little, little left to prove. He's, he's been given kind of less chance than Harrison Bader. I, I think we give him just a little bit more time. You know, because uh, you think about it, you know, the Cardinals, too, even though uh, they lost those big bats, they found a few guys, and they just, for whatever reason, they weren't able to stick. You know, Randall Gritchick, uh, you know, he, he excited us with the power that he had, and then he just uh, really undisciplined at the plate. And then, you know, another young guy that has some – some tremendous power. You just hope the guy puts it together so they can have one of those cornerstone pieces because they haven't had one since Pujols. Well, I, 
I think a lot of that comes to to the development and how the roster has been constructed. They stuck Randall Grudzik in the four hole. They they've stuck Tyler O'Neill in the four hole. These guys are complementary pieces. They're not thumpers. Right. If you get if you get decent protection behind Goldschmidt or ahead of Goldschmidt, which we which I, I wish that they would put Dylan Carlson in front of Goldie. If you get any you get if you're a big thumper in the fourth spot. You can put Tyler O'Neill fifth, sixth, or seventh, where he doesn't have that added pressure. I think that's a big key to, to what's going on with, with the development of O'Neill, as you stated, with uh, Randall Grichik, Piscotty. We, we have complementary players. Yeah. And you need to you need to expand your roster and use your roster how you have it, but you got to have those guys in there to help extend your, your, your lineup. Well, well, you know what? I think that's the thing. I think that is the thing that's the most frustrating. I mean, let's listen. The Cardinals' uh, farm system is, is good, but but it's not uh, up there uh, like some of the other organizations. But that's where you depend on your front office too. You know, to to get you a couple of bats. You know, a couple of solid guys that you can plug in there, and then eventually those guys, those complimentary guys, you know, start to find their way. You know, uh, look at Coach and Wong. I did not want to do this interview without talking about Coach and Wong. Uh, remember watching him from day one, and then now he's no longer part of the Cardinals, and, and now he it like he's finally starting to really find his way. Yeah, the Cardinals, they they. Since Matheny has left, they've they've kind of they've gone toward the run prevention, and they just let uh, their go, their two-time Gold Glover walk over over money, which I guess that may go to Yachty. But it, it doesn't make any sense. They they're they're talking about all this run prevention, and they let their Gold Glover go. Uh, um, I don't think they'll lose a whole lot with Tommy Evan. I think he's going to hold his own, but he's still not that Gold Glove defense that you have out there. Yeah, and it, Colton Long is going to be missed. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he came a long, long way from where he started. And, yeah, listen, you, you, with this pitcher staff, you need to shore up that infield, you know, and you need, you know, matter of fact, I, I'm just not with losing anybody with a gold glove in my damn infield. I just think that's, I, I think that's just totally irresponsible. That, that's just my opinion, you know, but. Anyway, Gene, I'm not going to uh, uh, rant all afternoon, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Can you tell us this is the best way to keep up with you? Uh, on Twitter, um, I'm at TrashSTL. Um, we, obviously, we're just getting this Gateway City Sports going. I prefer, any, if anybody's interested in our stuff, everybody go over on Twitter to at Gateway City, S-P-R-T. We're on Facebook, of course, and we have a website that's been doing pretty well our first couple weeks. That is gatewaycitysports.com. All right, Gene, thank you so much. You know I'm going to have you back on. I mean, you my go-to guy, man, when it comes down to Cardinals, man. Absolutely, man. Anytime you need me, just, just give me a holler and let me know. I'll be happy to come on. Thank you so much, Gene. Now I can sign some credits. Now we do talk Cardinals on the End of Zone show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before, before I let you go, Palmer, I got one last thing to say. What's that? Caw-caw. <laughs> uh, two fingers in there, Jay. You're listening to In The Zone. Thank you so much, Jay. All right, man. Have a good day. All right, you too. That is Gene Bonds from Gateway City Sports. Uh, you know, he is <laughs> in denial like most uh, Battlehawks fans. Uh, I'm actually going to have a bird expert on the show. Uh, you're listening to In The Zone. 
why don't you make a cardinal noise for a change? And this is the network. This is Gene Bonds with Gateway City Sports, and you are listening to In The Zone Network. This is In The Zone. No, man, I can't do it. No, no, no compete, no compete. Oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. No, no, no compete. Oh, okay. Funny. There's Joe Buck didn't say no compete, no compete. I'm talking back in 2003, 2004. Brian Burwell didn't say no compete, no compete. Martin Kilcoin didn't say no compete. No compete. Your boy Frank Cusimano didn't say no compete. No compete. Dave Green didn't say no compete. No compete. Sal Palantonio didn't say no compete. No compete. Ron Jaworski, Chris Myers. I didn't hear none of that from any of them, but I heard it from you, Shatoa On the In The Zone Network, this is In The Zone. He'll kill. Now, I don't know who's out there that follows Jim Everett, all right? Now, look, <laughs> some of the shit he be posting, I see in my timeline, it, it had me just straight scratching my head. Scratch, scratch it, scratching my head. Now, look, I know he got dinged a few times. Uh, and, and I know he did the thing with Jim Rome or whatnot. Jim, good to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jim. Thank you. Check that. Chris Everett, good to have you on the show. You know what? You know, you've been calling me that for about the last five years. About two years, actually, Chris. Well. All right. Uh, but but I think you should just kind of just overlook him. Hey, you know what? Let me, let me say one thing. In that game, how many sacks did I have that we came back and won? You know what I'm saying? Come on, Jim Everett. Pick it up. He'll kill on the In The Zone Network. 